You know, many of you have asked, how can I support the show even further? Well, here's the answer. Visit teachhoops.com slash 816 basketball. Check out all the incredible content that Coach Collins has at teachhoops.com. But again, teachhoops.com slash 816 basketball. Support the show and learn and grow at the same time. Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Rosefield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris de Blasio. Thank you, Brian. Pleasure to be here as always on the Greatest Games Podcast. A chance for us to catch up with coaches from around the country and have them tell us about their greatest game. As always, it can be their time as a head coach, an assistant coach, a JV coach, just whatever game they consider to be their greatest. You know, every episode with the Greatest Games podcast is very special and every guest is very special. But this one's special because this is Devin Liferidge at Greer High School in South Carolina. Devin and I go back a few years. I haven't seen or talked to Devin in a little bit. So this is just one of those fun kind of side uh, benefits to be able to have a podcast and be able to connect with Devin. So Devin, welcome to the Greatest Games podcast. Thank you guys for having me, man. Really excited about this. Glad we could finally make it work. Um, what you guys are doing to grow the game of basketball and in our area and bring some awesome coaches together, um, some not-so-awesome coaches like myself, uh, <laughs> is just absolutely amazing. So kudos to you guys for the job you're doing. Um, this is an amazing, amazing podcast. I'm happy to be a part of it. You're, you're going to be our promo guy. That's that's it. That's it right there. So we'll go ahead and go. Clip, clip that off and let's, uh, let's try it from the top again. Three, two. I'm just kidding. No, that's great. We appreciate you, Devin. No, it's it's been a lot of fun, and you know we're we're getting up in here close to the 70s and episodes, and awesome, uh, like man. you said, just had episodes from coaches all around the country, high school coaches, middle school coaches, college coaches, and uh, it's just been it's been a lot of fun. So we we appreciate the kind words. For sure, man. Phenomenal. All right, Coach, why don't you uh, take us through your journey in coaching and how you got to where you are today? Awesome, awesome question. Um, probably started when I was in college uh, playing for Chad Lister at North Greenville. Um, as a fifth-year senior, I just kind of job shadowed him a little bit, and I remember going to him to – I think it might have been to just a prayer group or something, a youth night around town, and – he and I just kind of having some just meaningful conversation in the car. And I remember telling him, just looking across the seat and saying, Coach, I would love to do what you're doing one day. Um, not really knowing if it was college, high school, but I just wanted to be involved with the game, being involved with kids. And he said, well, Devin, go for it. And so, uh, long story short, he placed me with a JV team, which was Greer High School at the time. Um, and I worked under the great Jeff Neely. Uh, at Greer High School for two years, coached her JV team. I left there. I was actually teaching at Berea High School at the time and coming over in the afternoons and coaching the Greer JV team. And after a couple of years, um, sad to say, it wasn't the coaching part that ran me away. I was just kind of done with teaching. I was like, it's got to be more than this. And I think I kind of got confused with teaching and coaching and hanging around kids and educating kids. Um, not that I didn't enjoy the eight to three part. It was just the, some of the behind the scenes stuff. And I really questioned my calling in that regard. And so I kind of hit the reset button. I said, you know what? I'm just going to go major in counseling because I knew I like to talk and just be around people. And so I wanted to get into counseling and actually enrolled into, I believe, a grad school to pursue a counseling degree, just get some initial steps towards that. And long story short, I got a call from a high school coach, Bailey Harris of Lexington. 
um, who's recently retired a couple of years ago, and he made mention of a Williston Elko job. Um, I'll give you $100 if you can tell me where Williston Elko is. Um, I will not win that. I will not. <laughs> out there in Barnwell County, and he said, Devin, it's a 1A job. I think you need to give it a look. And so uh, I actually reached out to the new AD at the time, which was Dwayne Garrett, um, and reached out to him. And he was actually just leaving Hillcrest, the upstate area. And so we met um, off of 385 at a Panera Bread. And he said, hey, I like your resume. You're a young coach. I think this would be a good place to kind of get your feet wet. And then we can just kind of see where you want to go from here. Um, they were 0-21 uh, guys before I got there the previous year. And I remember my high school coach, Bailey Harris, telling me, well, Devin, you went five or six games. You're going to run for mayor. And so I didn't have any pressure coming into the situation. I think we did win about six or seven games that first year. And the second year, we're in the third round of the 1A uh, playoffs. And the following year, we lose in the upper state championship to uh, Big John and Great Falls um, in a really, really good game. That would probably be my number two favorite game. Um, except we lost it. Uh, and after that, I think I was at Wilson Uncle one more year, transitioned there to Fairfield Central High School, which was an amazing, amazing town, just some, uh, in Winsboro. And I really loved it there. Um, and after five years at Fairfield, I left Fairfield and for White Knoll High School, um, which I was told that was coaching suicide because at that time that was in a region with Spring Valley and – Coach Whipple and Coach Harris, and it was just a nightmare every single night in that region. Um, but I said, you know what, I'm going to give it a go, and uh, we finally got things turned around the last couple of years. And I, I told people that was my last high school job. And for some some reason, uh, after praying about it, this situation at Greer was presented to me uh, over the summer uh, by a good friend of mine who was recently named the athletic director, uh, Mr. Greg Miller, and uh, the stars just seem to align, and I transitioned to Greer, and it's been awesome the first couple months. So we got our hands full, but I'm looking forward to the challenge. All right, Coach, I have 47 different follow-up things. Uh, <laughs> we, got, we got Bailey Harris. We've had we've had Coach Harris on. We've had a, a, a numerous uh, Bailey Harris. You put in, in the uh, email to us, Bailey Harris Coaching Tree, which we love. Yeah. We love Coach Harris. Uh, yeah. You were at Fairfield Central with my boy Demetrius Davis, the football That's coach. Yeah. That's my guy, yeah. Uh, meets the best. And uh, you talked about Wilston Elko, and now I only spent 10 years in South Carolina, but I knew where it was because when I first got there and the Friday night football scores would come on, <laughs> I loved all the dual-name schools from that area. <laughs> Denmark Olar, Bamberg Earhart, Wilston yeah, Elko. Because <laughs> uh, to me, from New Jersey, it was so far and have these, like, you know, high schools from, like, these two towns combined together yeah. and have the, like, yeah. So I loved all of those names and they all, they're all from that area, that yeah. Southeastern area, uh, Allendale, yeah. Fairfax, another That's one, great. right? Yeah. <laughs> you can add in the Hunter Connor Tyler. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, for whatever reason, I just loved the names, of all those high schools. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it was some good, good sports down there. And it's, and again, athletics is life down there. I mean, that's well, it's kind of like a lost area. On Friday nights. It's right. kind of like a lost area of South Carolina. Like it's the one area nobody knows about. You're right. You're right. 
Good times down there. I love it. I met my wife in Wilson, of course. So it's another shout out to Wilson. So you got to, yeah, you got to say it's great, right? You got to say it's a good years. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, yeah, I know Greer got him a good one. And um, so I, I know you and I know uh, a semblance of what this answer is going to be, but I want our listeners to hear uh, for, for you as a, as a motivator, how do you motivate your kids? Your kids have played so hard. They're always so disciplined. They play so well together, but how do you motivate your kids to play that way? I appreciate that. Um, I sometimes question that, but I think the shorter answer is I, I love them hard. Um, I've got a coaching staff that I'm kind of getting on the same page with me now. And we had a meeting about a week and a half ago. And, you know, of course, as a new staff, we want to come in and we're saying all the right things about how we got to be disciplined and we got to be on the same page. And I said, yes, you do. I said, but you got to love them just as hard, probably twice as hard. I said, so you can't be the guy that's got a whip during practice and you're the first one out the door. I said, you got to, you got to spend just as much time, um, putting your arms around them and, and, and getting to know them off the floor. Um, and so that's the part I've really enjoyed the most. And guys, and you guys probably notice better than I do, the older I get, the more I realize how much that part of the game is. Um, and, I, and I'll always be a sore loser. I love to play. I love to compete. Um, but the more I, I, I'm able to be around kids and win them off the court, the X's and O's part will take care of itself eventually. Eventually, you'll lay the foundation. And that's probably the weird thing about me is, is why I can't stay anywhere long. I kind of enjoy that challenge just to kind of come into a new situation and build relationships and build skill development. But if you don't build that foundation first and get to know these kids where they are just to connect with them, the rest of the stuff doesn't, have, doesn't stand a chance. But if you can lay that foundation, you know, just like being a good classroom teacher, they'll run through a wall for you. And I really enjoy that part. Brian, I was going to get you with a trivia question here, but I, I was – I wasn't sure. We've a former guest on this show. I thought was a graduate of Greer High School, but he's from Greer, South Carolina, but a graduate of Riverside High School. But okay. can you name that former guest, Brian? This is just for Brian. This is just me to embarrass him on the podcast. Sorry, Coach. Yeah, you know, uh, not that I have any problem with shame or anything like that. Um, just throw out another question that I, yeah i'm looking at our guest list i i don't know i'm so sorry to our former guest whoever that is chris de blasio tell me who it is darby wayne rich darby darby i'm so sorry oh. darbs <laughs> <laughs> darby's a darby's a buddy of ours who was the strength coach of south carolina for a couple of years he's now the strength coach at memphis university with uh with wow. penny hardaway yeah wow and he's a Greer, South Carolina guy but coach i want to get into and i'm surprised brian didn't really ask us about your counseling background and, and no, because Brian loves this stuff uh, and, and how maybe you think maybe you approach coaching from a different angle, coming from a counseling angle rather than a teacher angle, even though you've been both. But like you said, you wanted to get more in that counseling role and, and how you approach it from that role. Um, I'm a huge fan of Buzz Williams uh, and just watching it. That's probably the one coach and I try not to emulate coaches, I, I think, at the core of what, you, what we do, whether it's uh, being a banker or, or a pastor or, or whatever, a coach, a teacher, like you have to be yourself. Um, but that's probably the one coach outside of Coach Harris that I've just really watched and just said, you know what, I can identify with that. And so this whole idea, kind of a foreign idea of just saying, you know what, basketball is basketball, X's and O's, X's and O's, but like who are you as a person? Um, and the, the, this idea that 
your game reflects your life. Um, and it's not the other way around. Um, and so just getting kids to understand who you are at 10 o'clock when you're one minute late to class is probably who you're going to be at 345 when I'm trying to get you out there to practice. And it was so interesting for me because for a while I was this elementary teacher because that was my certification coming into the high school. And so I was always the elementary teacher and I was coming in to connect with these kids at 3.30 every day. But it wasn't until I got to White No that my admin said, you know what, we want you in the building. And so they was able to finagle that. And so that's when my eyes really opened up and just started to see the parallel. Like these are the same kids. And as much as a 16 year old kid wants to separate well, I just don't like that teacher, but I like you, Coach Lackridge. Well, I'll disrespect her, but I won't disrespect you. And so that's when I begin to see, and maybe it's just age, like it's one and the same. And so you're talking back to her now, but eventually if I, if I rub you the wrong way, I'm going to get that same response. And so just seeing that part of it um, made me want to focus more on who they are off the floor and just getting that part right. And I found out if we get that part right, Again, is that not to be redundant? The on the floor uh, student athlete will take care of itself. I think it's, it's so true, and I've been I've been around high school athletics, I guess, for I don't know, fifteen to twenty years. I lose count; doesn't matter. And I'm I'm continually amazed at coaches that I think fail to make that connection that what you do every day is how are you going to really play? And I'm not trying to make a, a rhyme or anything like that, but it's just taking almost taking the result out of it a little bit, but like, how are you training every day? And I know it's been cliche over the last few years, like trust the process, trust the process, yeah. but it really, I mean, y'all that's, that's what it is. Like how, how you're showing up to practice on a Tuesday is how you're going to show up to a state championship game. And I just, I hear yeah. a lot of that with what you're sharing. I love that. Awesome. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. It goes back, Brian. Brian tells the story when he was interviewing coaches uh, at Ridgeview. He had Coach Eddie Fogler in on the interviews with him. And Coach Fogler asked a question about uh, the bus is leaving for the state championship game at 3 o'clock. And it's 3 o'clock and your all-state player's not there. Does the bus leave, yes or no? <laughs> and Brian said he would watch these people squirm and go, well, you know, I don't know. Well, the, I thought the bus left at 3 o'clock, Coach Fogler would say. And, it was, you know. Yeah. It's just, you know, I love it. I love yeah. it. That's an awesome question. I need to save that in my back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, yeah, it, it was, it was quite entertaining to see some of the candidates. It's a, it's a tough question, but it's just no, it is. <laughs> no, no real right or wrong, but they were squirming like, Oh boy. I, it, it's I, a, I, it's I, a real I, question though. Like that happens. That happens on a Friday night. That happens on a Tuesday night. That happens in a region game, um, happens in a Christmas tournament. Like that's a real question. And you got to, you got to have some of those decisions already made. You can't make those decisions in waiting. You got to have some principles already solidified in your mind. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's awesome, man. I like that. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, being able to. I was talking with with somebody today actually about this. Just being able to make decisions in the heat of the moment, but mm -hmm. have already made that decision. So, I mean, what you just said about principles is the key to me. Just being clear about who you are as a coach or who that's I am as a coach. And, sure. and making those decisions, like what, what am I trying to instill in kids? If sure. it's trying to, we're trying to win, then, okay, maybe I do wait till 3.03 or maybe I do wait till 3.30 if it's yeah. only about the winning. But if I'm really trying to help kids grow or whatever that, whatever I decide my philosophy is, and I think that's one of those things that as coaches that I remember I was very fortunate in, in college to take some coaching classes, which was awesome at USC. 
mm-hmm. they would talk us talk about develop your philosophy. I'm like, this is just, this is silly. You know, I'm, I'm 20 years old. I don't know what my philosophy is. I, who cares? I'm just trying to get to be able to coach basketball. And then I got my first job at 22 and I'm like, uh, Oh, I need to pull out that philosophy. What am I doing here? You know, like, and it's just that, sure. using that as a guiding uh, force, really. Uh, coach, I want to ask you a question. We haven't asked this one in a while and you answered yes to the question and you seem like such a, a low key guy. I mean, I can tell you have intensity, but your, your blood pressure is low here. I want to know a good story of a time you got a technical foul. Um, one time you maybe, uh, got into a ref a little bit too much. (laughs) Probably not. Uh, well, both of them were all sitting around the same thing. I got one the summer of a couple, a few summers ago when I was at white Knoll, and I got, Another one at Fairfield, all for the same reason, is I have a bad habit of being on the floor. Um, <laughs> like, literally, almost, I'm, like, I'm, I'm at the volleyball line. Um, especially when the ball's on the other end. And But I got it for, for good reason. I got it because it goes back to the, the, those Wilson Elko days. You would be on, in this little cracker, uh, cracker jack box of a gym, and the bench is right behind you. And literally, people are paying their ticket and walking in between you <laughs> and the game. And, and I mean, constant. And and if you're playing Barnwell on a Friday night, and it's 700 people in, the, in this 2,000 or this 200 gym that's full of capacity, and like there, it's, it's just traffic nonstop. And so I got in the habit of getting in front of the traffic, like on the floor. So I'm not like peeking over, you know, John and Leon just to like, you know, call play. <laughs> and so it always stuck with me and I'm, it's, it's who I am. And so I've gotten probably two or three technicals for being on the floor. Um, and again, it's just, I'll always be that way. Um, I, I've, I've kind of told, I, I was at half court in one game and um, I began to have a, 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 what we call on the football sidelines, a get back guy. Um, and he would just kind of grab me by my belt and yank me back and, <laughs> Anyhow, but yeah, uh, but that's probably the gist that was just being passionate about and being wanting to be one with the game and getting too far on the floor. Uh, Brian, I'm going to interrupt and tell a quick story here. I don't know. I don't know if I've ever told you this story. So I, I was coaching. I coached single A basketball up here in New Jersey, coach, and I was coaching freshman team. It was my first year coaching the freshman team at this high school. My first year to have my own team, and the first <laughs> regular season game, we're in one of those little gyms, it's single A yeah. basketball freshman game. So it's at like four o'clock. There's still people everywhere, and I don't know. Midway through the second quarter. We're shooting or there's free throws being shot on the other side of the floor. And I'm standing there and I look up and I see our bus driver, this little lady, and she gets to half court and realizes that everyone's down on that side of the court and walks across the court at half court to ask me what time we're going to be done. <laughs> and I'm like, well, well, she's like walking across the court. I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, she probably should have texted you that. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then when I told her, I was like, "Go around. You got to go around now." <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. I love it. But that's those little gyms you're talking about. Little gyms, single A ball. That's what that is, man. <laughs> gotta love it, man. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. And the, the not sad. The the unique thing is, I remember those games just as much as I do playing Coach Harris on a Friday night in the middle of Lexington, or, or going down to play you know coach Washington on the Tuesday night like I remember those games 
just as much. And so that's the unique part about coaching is you don't get a chance. If you're a real, if you're a real competitor and you really enjoy what you're doing, there's no, well, this is one, a two, a three, a four, a it's basketball. You're investing kids. You put time in throughout the week. And so if you're doing it right, they're all at the highest level to me. So mm-hmm. um, that's awesome. That's awesome. To also say that. <laughs> We've recently had Emmanuel DeWalt that was at Hemingway and talking about small yeah. gyms and, and small towns and just good basketball, competitive basketball. You're right. And it takes me back to those days at Calhoun Academy when there's about 42 people in the gym <laughs> and squeezed in there, Wardlaw Academy or wherever yeah. we travel to, Bowman Academy. Yeah. And like, it didn't matter. Like we're playing basketball, we're gonna try to win. Like, and it was it was, it was fun, no matter where it was. No matter, was and, and I know those games meant life and death to you, Brian, because you'd call me after them. <laughs> <laughs> I was questioning life, Devin. I didn't know what the heck I, I, I would do. I, I was on the other end of those phone calls, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> you right. gotta have somebody to vent to after all. On a Friday night. I get it. You got to blow some steam, man. You heard me shed a lot of tears, but uh, anyway, <laughs> speaking of gyms, at this point in the show, we want you to take us into the gym for your greatest game. Let's get all that gritty detail for your greatest game, Coach. Um, well, it really kind of feeds off what we were just talking about. Um, just the small towns. These, and again, when you're coaching a game and you're in the middle of Newberry, you feel like everybody in the state's watching your game. You know, when in, in, in retrospect and in hindsight, it's really just a small population of people that this really affects. But again, where you are, just kind of just mindset of just being where you're planted um, is just a different mindset. And just uh, Fairfield and Newberry was just a huge, huge, big deal, um, huge rivalry. Um, and no matter where I've been, I've always kind of felt like, and, and I've kind of taken over these rebuild programs and this, these kind of projects, quote unquote. And so I've always kind of felt like you need about two or three just kind of signature wins to kind of really gain some momentum in the program. And uh, I feel like that was probably our biggest at Fairfield and really just kind of getting the kids to believe and really turning the corner. Um, it was really, really hot that day inside the gym. I couldn't tell you what it was outside the gym. I just know in the gym. I had on a vest and a collar shirt and I would have guessed it was around low nineties in that gym. Um, just really, really humid. Uh, my JV coach played cause we would always play Newberry on a Saturday and just kind of play everybody sub varsity varsity cause it was such a big game. And my JV coach let me know before the game that he had to ask some of our fans to stand up because I was coming on the bus with the cheerleaders and the cheerleaders had no place to sit. Um, we get there and it's just, we may have sat down for five minutes and like our kids are uncomfortable, you know, because they got on sweats and hoodies and, you know, and they're sitting next to a guy who just, you know, he's probably drunk and it's just a while, anybody, whatever you could imagine about being in the middle of Newberry, nothing against Newberry, lovely town. Um, but it was just a old small town Friday night game, Saturday night game and everybody was there. And so after just being out there for five minutes, I'm like, let's just go back to the locker room so we can kind of stretch out. So we get our kids off the floor and we go in the back. And I believe this is when, and, and Chad does a good job at Newberry, but I believe this is when they're at their peak. I believe they just won one state championship and they're coming off that. Um, and they had two or three all-state guys and they're just long and fast and pressing all over the place. Um, a lot of that stuff I try to emulate now in terms of pace and pressure. Um, he does such an amazing job and still does. Um, 
and they jump all over us. I think we're down 10 before you can blink an eye. Um, and they come out hot and the gym's rocking and our fans are booing and probably cussing my name and we're just hanging in there. I'm trying to regroup the kids and it around the second quarter, um, we cut it to within single digits. I think we go into halftime down 10 and coming after halftime, I think we scored 52 ish points, final score 90 to 85, Hmm. but for two quarters and overtime, it was just an absolute, just for lack of a better term, just a bar fight, just back and forth. A game of runs. They make a run. You make a run. And I remember one time out, distinct, uh, vividly, I'm looking at the kids and I'm like, because they're frustrated because I think Newberry just made a run. I'm like, guys, this is fun. I said, relax. I'm smiling. They're probably looking at me like I'm crazy. But I'm like, hey, this is this is fun. You're playing one of the best teams in the state. I believe they were ranked number one at the time. Um, and I said, you're in a slug match. Like, let's just let's 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 hit next. And so we made a run. Then they made a run. Um, and I believe we ended up uh, making a shot late to send it into overtime. And then once the game got into overtime, we had a kid by the name of Keith Workman, um, 6'3", 6'4", kid, big, strong kid, could put it on the floor, shoot it, score on all three levels. And he kind of took over overtime. Um, just a real, real fun group. And I always say those kids just had a knack for competing. Uh, they weren't the most skilled all the time. Um, but when the lights were on, they just really knew how to dig in. And the more I, the more, the longer I coached, the more I realized that's a skill in itself just to find a group of guys um, like some of those Ridgeview groups that you guys got over there, coach, that just know how to play and they're going to find a way to win. And those what really separates good teams from great teams. So I enjoyed that game. Um, we're storming off the floor. I go in the locker room and one of the most unique memories I, I had is uh, my father uh, catches me in the hallway. And my dad's a pretty proud guy. And he just kind of hugs me and says, son, I'm proud of you. Um, and I kind of turned around. And he was like, I'm, I'm proud of you. And he's never said that to me in my whole coaching career. Um, so that's probably why this uh, that, that game sticks out uh, the most to me as well. Um, and so I want to share that love. And I go and I hug all the kids. I look them in the eye and I tell them how proud of them I am. And so just a real, real moment um, and seeing like some big, strong, tough guys really get excited because we're heading into the playoffs and, um, our playoffs are right around the corner. I'm just telling them, like, listen, you got a chance. Doesn't mean it's going to work out. But, like, we're just as good as anybody in the state and just kind of see their eyes just get that big and really believe in that moment um, was a phenomenal, phenomenal moment for us. And for me personally, uh, I think we ended up losing in the third or second round that year. Um, but a really, 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 really strong group. And, again, those are just kind of lifetime memories that you always remember. So I really appreciate that game. Coach, I got to ask an important question. Did we ditch the vest? I mean, did we sweat through the shirt? Like, I mean, <laughs> how did the outfit work out by the end of the game? I think, I, wrote, you... I, think I just wrote it out, man, because um, <laughs> I'm not sure about what type of shirt I had on underneath. Um, and if I knew it was the best game, depending on how much time I had, I may not even ironed it um, at that point in my life. And so uh, I said, man, we're just going to ride it out. Um, but all my assistants, I made them keep it on as well, so. If we were going to be sweat and messy, we're just going to do it together and hopefully we can get a win in the name of it. So <laughs> it worked out. Well, I will tell you this, Coach. I always coach in a shirt and tie. Love and it. I have a, uh, a golf shirt of my team, whatever you know, whatever team I'm coaching. I have that in my bag just in case. In case something That's happens smart. to a shirt and tie, I always have the, the, you know, the Saddlebrook uh, golf shirt just in case, ready to go. That's smart. That's smart. <laughs> 
I'll learn from that. I must, I'm, I might start that tradition. I like that. Right. You got a bunch of golf shirts. Just throw it in there in case throw you it need in it. There. <laughs> <laughs> Love it Question for you then, Chris. How many times have you had to go to the polo? I have not. I have not ever had to go to the polo. I don't sweat. That. I'm not a sweater. So the shirt, I, mean, I just, I have the sleeves rolled up on the shirt, but I'm not even going to make a joke, okay. Brian. I'm not even going to make a joke about how bad we are. I'm not even going to go there. Good, 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 good. good. Yeah, so Coach, you talk about Chad Carey. Now, it's it's interesting, kind of the the six degrees of separation here. So I replaced him when he left Calhoun Academy. He just won a state championship, and I believe he was the Newberry, yeah. And you talk about a heck of a player. He's a heck of a coach. So I know that that was a high-level game, and I love just the the picture that you paint, and it's one of the the better pictures that's been painted on this podcast about how the gym looked, how it felt, the sweat, the heat. And so I I know Chad Carey. I know he could play, and I know his team. So that had to be, like you described, it's just an incredible Yeah, and for some reason, just I kind of enjoy just competing against good people. Um, And I always tell people Chad's on on my list of guys that I just love competing against because he's a good guy he's gonna fire up his kids and so again chad's one of my favorites man he does a good job with that so that's really that's interesting that you say that coach i i I think i feel the same way some people like oh i don't like coaching against my friends or whatever like i have the, the guys that i like and i know and i'm friends with and that that we talk to and talk about basketball and life i love i love yeah. coaching against those guys because i, I have that. such respect for them as people you know, and I know their kids are doing it the right way. And I think sure. I'm trying to do it the right way. And so I love competing against those type of people. I agree. Absolutely. Yeah, it's um, – I'm trying to think. Again, back to that Emmanuel DeWalt episode you talked about. Uh, it was, I thought it was one of the greater stories, too. We've had some really fun episodes here lately. But how him and Andy Pitt are just really good friends. And so after games, they grew up together. After games, they're calling each other. And then – and in the game when they match up together and Andy beats his team, I said, "Hey, coach, did you did you call him after the game?" He said, "No, I needed a little bit of a break after that one." But it is, you know, it's just you know, again, it's just coaching. I don't know if again, I've talked about this probably ad nauseum on this podcast, but coaching is one of those industries that we're all here competing against sure. each other, but we're also here to help each other too. I mean, how many clinics we go to and sit in, we go to others, each other's practices and college practice, we're stealing everybody's stuff and we want to win. And it's, it's just, a, I don't know if any other industry is that's like that. It's just so competitive and yet giving at the same time. It's, it's, it's really, you're exactly right. I'll share one quick yeah. story. Um, this is one after maybe like a Saturday after Bailey beat us on a Friday night. And I would, you know, all the Lexton guys are kind of on a group chat after uh, on a Saturday, on a Friday night or a Tuesday night, um, we're all going back and forth, and Bailey kind of kind of leads it. Hey, how'd you guys do? How'd you do? Um, anyway, they beat us at White Knoll, and I'm talking about something that Coach Harris said to me after the game, and it gets kind of quiet in the in the in the meeting the next day, in the coaches meeting, and uh, I'm like, what? And so one of my assistants was like, Coach, can I ask you a question. I said, yeah, what? They said, we all been wanting to ask you, like, and I said, okay, go for it. And they basically say, why do you like that guy? <laughs> talking about Coach Harris. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? They said, Devin, he chewed you out to the officials the entire night. He's pointing when you're out the box and the whole nine, and he's getting on you. I said, oh, well, that's just Coach, you know. <laughs> and, again, just kind of reiterate your point, you know, I know Coach, and Coach is, was, is picking me up when I was nine years old to take me to – uh, you know, a little wildcat camp. And so in my eyes, he can do no wrong, but it's just, he's, if you know Bailey, he's highly, highly, highly uh, absurdly competitive. And so he just wants to win. 
um, just like I do. And so, again, we'll tell each other we love her and we love each other and we hug at half court after the game. And um, sometimes it takes a little while, you know, after the game to kind of calm down. But we always reach out and, hey, what can I do better? And, you know, just to kind of get his feedback. But that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Coach, I, I want to ask you one more question before we get to our final question. So our penultimate question, uh, you would put that uh, about that you enjoy turning programs around in, in the pre-interview uh, email we sent. And you said you like implementing your three keys to success. Can you tell us about those three keys to success? Sure. Um, I think it's building relationships. Um, number one uh that's so important and well, I'm kind of in that process now of really reaching out to kids getting to know kids um I think that's step one one a so to speak is really um figuring out like who they are off the floor um I just took a kid out to eat on Sunday after church me and my wife and just to get to know him and you know my wife didn't really want to go and I didn't really want to go um, but we end up having a good time. And it's just, it's an investment. It's going to cost you something. It's a sacrifice to get to know these kids um, and where, what makes them tick and where they're from. Uh, and so that part is huge to me. And I'm enjoying it more and more the longer I do this. Uh, the second part is uh, just building skill development. Um, and just, and again, when you think about the upper echelon of just high school teams in the state of South Carolina or in any area with the way the game is going, um, there's just such a premium on guys that are just kind of positioned less and that are just basketball players. So I don't care if you're six, seven or you're six, one or you're five, five, can you put the ball on the floor? Can you dribble it? Can you pass it? Can you shoot it? Um, and just showing that there's value in that. And that looks a lot of different ways. Um, when I was at Fairfield, every Sunday the gym was open. You know, those guys knew we played on a Friday, but for two hours they could just come play pickup and work on their game. Um, at Fairfield, it got to the point where after games, it started with one guy. Then it was half the team for about two or three years. They were win or loss. We, those kids would change clothes. Um, and as soon as the gym emptied, they'd be back on the floor shooting and getting, getting reps up. Hmm. Um, and that's when I knew, like, okay, we got something special here. Just getting kids to buying into spending time in the gym. But first, you got to open the dog on doors and you got to show them that there's value doing that. Um, so, creating that system, whatever it looks like, and showing high value in that. And I think the last part is just establishing a culture. Um, and again, culture looks different. Um, when you think about culture, it's just a, Culture is habits to me. Like, what are your habits? And really good programs, again, the, the, the Ridgeviews of the world, the Blythewoods, the Lexingtons um, of the world, the, the, the Keenans, like they all have culture. Um, and I don't care if you're talking about Alabama football or Keenan basketball or Ridgeview basketball, it's a culture. It's like, okay, when you know when you're in this program, this is how we work. This is how we do things. This is how we go about our business. And so some of that is lingo. Like at White No, they know or they, they would know on, on, a, on a game day when I said, hey, four o'clock in the locker room, like they knew what that meant. And so just establishing that at Greer or no, wherever you're at is just important. Um, and like, what are your habits? Because typically what I've found out as I've kind of taken over some of these programs, no knock to any previous coach, is that it just takes time. 
And it just takes time to really get the kids to become settled in what you like. And so I spent 20 minutes of a workout today with some ninth and 10th graders, you know, just trying to give them our culture. I kind of feel like I'm brainwashing kids at times, but it's just for, for all the right reasons. And so I'm telling them, hey, this is what, when I say this, when I say no middle, when I say handout on a closeout, like just getting them to buy into that. And so whether it's on the floor or off the floor, uh, getting kids to understand what the habits of a program uh, really is and how you're going to identify yourself. I think that's uh, highly important. So that's a long way to say those three things. That's awesome. Yeah. We'll just go. <laughs> uh, the proverbial mic drop is, is happens every now and again. So just, uh, yeah, coach, I, lo- I love all that. And this is the, your, your spirit shines through and, and all of that. And um, there's, there's, a, there's a reason that you're a, a highly sought after coach in, in South Carolina and beyond because of, because you do it the right way, but I could go on and on and on. I, I'll, I'll be your promo guy. If you'll there be you our promo guy, how about that? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's get that on pen and paper. <laughs> All right, coach. We'd like to ask one last fun, quick, fun question. Talk to me. Um, if I talk to kids that played for you at Wilston Elko, 12, 15 years ago, whenever that was. And I talked to kids that played for you this past year and they're doing their coach life ridge impersonation, which I know they all have. What's the one thing they imitate that you say over and over again? Five more minutes, five more minutes, <laughs> five more minutes. <laughs> coach, we've been saying that for an hour and a half. Yeah, five more. I'm good for that. I got to get out that. Um, maybe I just need to be more honest. But again, I'm a perfectionist. And so we're going to get this thing right. And so my mind is five more minutes. But that sometimes ends up being, you know, 20 minutes. <laughs> then we got to do one more thing. And then I just thought about this. We need to go over this press offense. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. though. Five more minutes. That's it. <laughs> I like it. There's just never enough time. I remember. Never enough there certainly time. isn't. I remember making practice schedules, you know, trying to trying my darndest to stay to the times. And I'm like, looking, I'm like, well, we don't know how to deny the wing yet. We can't move on to the next That's thing. Right. We got to stick. That's right. And then, gotta get it right. By the end of practice, we've only done like two or three things out of the 12. <laughs> but I That's a good plan. Uh, but uh, anyway, those are, those are the fun days of coaching. But, <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> Devin Leifridge, thanks so much for, for coming on the show. Greer Basketball has got a good one, and uh, we just we just can't thank you enough for joining us. This has been a lot of fun. Brian, Chris, you guys are awesome. Happy to do it again. Thanks for uh, allowing me to be a part of this, and I think, again, I think the world of what you guys are doing and uh, continue to push on, man. Proud of you guys both. Thank you. Well, we, we appreciate it. For my co-host, Chris de Blasio, I'm Brian Rosefield, and thank you for listening to this episode of The Greatest – 